0: Yo, 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 football fans far and wide from Chicago to Cairo. This is the Football V Football Podcast. And this is the EPL Game Week 26 Reaction Show. I want to thank you all for tuning in today. Again, great week of games. And we're going to jump right in. But I want to remind you, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and like, subscribe, comment, especially subscribe. Uh, Comment, share, do all that good stuff, hit notification bell. If you're listening on a podcast platform like Spotify, um, subscribe, give a good rating, would be greatly appreciated, but we're going to go ahead and jump right in, in a week where the Titans went down, (coughs) Spurs, (coughs) Manchester United, we're going to jump right into that, what a week this was, and there were upsets, but one of the games that wasn't an upset, which we will start with here. Manchester City beating Newcastle. Newcastle has been a very formidable team this year. They couldn't get it done today. Manchester City showed their class in this one. And listen, Newcastle has a quality defense, uh, but Manchester City is just so stacked. Uh, They make them just look like an average defense. You know, Gundogan in the beginning of this game was very busy creating a couple chances, very solid chances, a header and... um, A close free kick as well. Phil Foden was the first one to break the deadlock in this one. In the first 15 minutes, scored a goal, put him up ahead, let Newcastle know what was up. On the Newcastle side, I have to say the stars in this one were Longstaff and Trippier. Very active in creating chances in the first half. And Trippier, again, a quality free kick in the second half as he does, but there was just nobody there to finish it. You know, they started Anthony Gordon in this game thinking maybe it would give them a a better result. They benched Isak. Callum Wilson couldn't do uh, much. Miguel Almiron, despite his hot start to this season, hasn't been able to do much. Yeah, I don't know. Newcastle just uh, missing some. They've added some good pieces, but they are missing some quality finishing against some of these top teams. Bernardo Silva. Again, comes in in the second half in the 67th minute, finished with a great goal. As he does, he is prone to do that. This, this guy is very underrated, Bernardo Silva. When he scores goals, they're quality goals. And When you see you know, how many great players this team has, from Holland to, to Grealish to Mares to, to Goodwin, I mean, it just goes on and on. And then you have Bernardo Silva that can come in and, and finish like this after Foden finished. Just, I mean, that was the difference in this game, putting him up 2-0 uh, in the second half. Um, the difference in this game was the, was the quality and the finishing, as I mentioned. And, uh, Newcastle, they're going to have to look out as we're, as we're going to talk about a little bit later in this podcast. There are teams, uh, nipping at their heels there to try to take them out of the, uh, the top four. You know, they were pr- primed for, um, uh, Champions League play next year or even Europa League, but now people are nipping at their heels. They're going to have to, uh, They're going to have to really step it up because there's a lot of quality teams coming after them. But we're going to go ahead and move on to perhaps the best game of the week. The most memorable game game of the week, especially for those gunners. Arsenal beating Bournemouth 3-2. I'm just going to have to say it. I mentioned this in the past couple weeks. And you heard it here first. Fabio Vieira needs more playing time. Reese Nelson. Needs more playing time, and what happened in this one? Look what happened in this game. We're gonna come back to that a little bit later. But Fabio Vieira did start. Reese Nelson did come in in the second half. We're gonna talk about how they did, especially the latter. A blistering start to this game by Bournemouth, though. Philip Billing uh, scoring in the first few seconds of the game. I believe it was the first nine or fifteen seconds in the game. Shocking Arsenal, one going up one nil. On, the, on the, uh, the, the the table leaders. And again, there was another tremendous chance by Bournemouth. About 15 minutes later, uh, squandered. Um, a cross that should have been left for uh, Dominic Selenke. Uh, and he showed his emotion after uh, not being able to, uh, to finish that. Taken by his teammate. And then finally, they did capitalize on a second goal. Bournemouth went up 2-0, inconceivably. In the 56th minute of the game, going into the second half, and it was tremendous for those cherries. Um, but you know, it, on the other on the other hand, it looked very bleak for Arsenal. This game was going a certain way that uh, Bournemouth, a team that's in the relegation zone, uh, against a, a team top of the table, it was looking very bleak for Arsenal. Very good for Bournemouth, but very quickly after that, Arsenal gathered themselves. And put one in from a great header by Odegaard to Party Parti, no doubter, just smashed it in. Uh, and this was about six minutes after uh, that second goal from Bournemouth. So uh, you're going to see as this this game progresses here after the uh, the 56th minute into the 60th and, and onward, uh, Arsenal really started to get it together. But Bournemouth, though, again an impressive team this year. I'm going to keep talking about Bournemouth. I'm very impressed with their attack. This is a game where they didn't have Tamver near. And they still put on this performance. Solanke had a great shot on goal a couple minutes after Arsenal put in their first goal. But just couldn't convert. And it was there was a crazy pace to this game for a few minutes after. Uh, that, and that's when Reese Nelson entered the game. And immediately gets involved with a beautiful cross to Ben White. Who put the ball in the goal just over the line before the keeper could get to it, tying the match at two-two, stirring the crowd into a frenzy with 20 minutes to go in the match. This is one of those balls that you know you had, you needed VAR to see that it went over the line. You know the goalie was too far into his goal to um, uh, uh, t- to block it there. But then all of a sudden it was two-two with 20 minutes left to go in the game. Then, in the last second of the game, quite literally, and perhaps the greatest, most dramatic moment of the season, six minutes into extra time, Reese Nelson, baby. Reese Nelson, the hero, smashes a golasso, a spinning left-footed strike from just inside the box, making a statement to Arteta and telling him what I've been trying to say for a few weeks, which is he is perhaps the best offensive player On this team. And deserving of much more playing time. Yes. Perhaps the best offensive player on this team. Yes I said it. He's been injured. But he's perhaps the best offensive player on this team. And he needs much more playing time. As does Vieira. And Vieira did a good job today as well. The crowd went absolutely insane. A great moment of magic. In a magical year thus far. For the Gunners. And I will say. Even though Martinelli. He he has been a great player this year, and he had many chances chances in this game. All seemed to go over the bar, and it wasn't his usual finishing class. That's why this game was even close, to be honest with you. What a result for Arsenal. Heartbreak for Bournemouth, but they really showed me something today and something that I've seen from them throughout the season, which is they are a quality team, especially on the attack. Moving on to the next game, Austin Villa beating Crystal Palace 1-0. Wilfred Zaha, welcome back. After being injured last week, uh, immediately shows his impact five minutes in with a great run and goal that was... Sorry, it was barely disallowed uh, by outside, by VAR. But Zaha, again, he was all over this game in the second half. Again, as a side with 10 men, which I will mention later. Uh, Fought against double teams to pull off strong chances on goal, but still couldn't convert. 20 minutes into this game, uh, uh, Crystal Palace defender, Joaquim Anderson, a week after he had a lot to say to the refs in the uh, Liverpool game, scored an own goal from a a Maddie Cash cross, which ended up being the only goal in this game. That guy just to me has some bad juju. I, uh, I get a bad vibe from this guy. He just always seems to be in a bad mood and scored an own goal today. I don't know how much longer he'll, he'll be in this lineup. Maybe he has more value to them than I think. But uh, that ended up being the only goal in this game. But some other side notes here. Uh, Douglas Luiz um, had a great set-piece situation here, but uh, could, uh, Villa couldn't capitalize. Later, Ollie Watkins had a great chance to score his sixth goal in a row. Or sixth game with a goal um but it went just just wide to the left there. Decore uh got a second yellow 62 minutes into uh into the game, um getting his red which I mentioned earlier, dashing any hopes of a uh Crystal Palace comeback. And one other notable player from this game, uh John McGinn, another player that was very active in this game, should have had a goal or an assist, but uh kudos to um, uh, Guaita, he he kept out a lot of the uh the goals in this game, both keepers very good in this game. There was a clash between Zaha and Martinez uh, very late in this game. Again, Zaha very active, should have had a goal today, but uh, you know Villa end up taking this one, one 0 nil. We'll move on now to an ironic result: Brighton beating West Ham four 0 nil. Yes, this is a week after West Ham won their match four 0 nil. They lose this one by the same score. Precisely illustrating their inconsistency this campaign. On the other hand, Brighton had been such an unexpectedly strong side this campaign. Aggressive the entire first half. They draw a PK uh, 16 minutes in which, uh, of course, McAllister buries in the back of the net. West Ham did have some quality chances here. Bowen and Suchek, but the Brighton keeper had a great day, was equal to him. Brighton's second goal, cheeky goal by the defender Joel Veltman with his chest. That's one you got to see live. The third goal, that's one you got to see live or a replay or whatever. One of the goals of the season, too. Absolute thing of, of beauty, finished by Matoma. Clinical passing, looked like one of those old prime Barcelona goals. Just absolutely incredible. A passing clinic, it was, it, it was really nice. You got to see that one. And then the fourth one, Welbeck. Buried, and it was just a party at that point. Four 4-0. you know. Very, very. It was strange how similar this was. <laughs> on the other side, uh, you know, West Ham last week. Uh, it, it, just like it was a when it rains it pours situation, uh, but they were on the winning side. This one, they're they're on the losing side. Very odd. But an overall commentary on this Brighton team: <coughs> McAllister, Gross. In March, all players that were on the team last year that have stepped up their play and quality big time this year. Even though they've been through multiple managers at this point, this is their second manager of the of the season, I'm very, very impressed with Brighton. And this came out of nowhere. So kudos to Brighton. Um, West Ham, like I mentioned earlier, this is uh, just illustrates the inconsistency of their season. They are in a relegation battle. We'll see what they do from here. They showed last week they can put out 4-0. We'll see how they do rest of the season. But kudos to Brighton. Moving on now to Chelsea. Beating Leeds 1-0. Chelsea absolutely desperate for a win here with Potter's job on the line. No doubt. Losing to Leeds, a bottom of the table club would have surely spelled disaster for the Blues. This game started out Dow Felix 20 minutes into the game. As he's done this year, very powerful strikes, but just doesn't go in the goal. He has no luck for Chelsea so far. This time, just off the crossbar, it was a beautiful shot, but just not quite the accuracy that that they need to finish. And another new uh, addition to Chelsea, Enzo Fernandez, very active in the first half. Many chances in the first and second half. Couldn't put one in the net. And you fear it again in the first half. Chelsea just lacked quality to finish, as has happened so far this year. But finally, finally, in the 53rd minute, Fofana, yet another new addition, put a header in from a set piece and a collective sigh of relief from the Chelsea faithful there. Just to get one in there. I mean, this loss would have been absolutely huge for Chelsea and no one would have known what would have happened after Potter could have been sacked right after this game who knows going to the lead side though Jack Harrison again continues to be the man for this team creating quality chances that his mates just can't convert and God bless Mellier, the keeper for Leeds I think he's a quality player and he probably had the best chance of the match for Leeds at the end with a tremendous header on a set piece that was strong and not far from going in. I mean, Melier and Jack Harrison have to do everything for this team. Those Americans, unfortunately, maybe they don't have an American coach to inspire them anymore. Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, Brendan Aronson. Maybe that new voice isn't working for them. Maybe they should have retained Jesse Marsh. I guess we'll see. They are still very... Deep in this relegation battle. So we'll see what happens to them. Chelsea badly needed this win to stay just in the top half of the table. Uh, So kudos to them. Leeds, you got to get it together. Moving on now to one of the more surprising results of the day. Maybe if not the most surprising. Wolves beating Tottenham 1-0. And surprise, surprise, Sun actually started this game. Had an amazing chance early on. Uh, and it required a quality save by Jose Saw. <coughs> 12 minutes later, again, similarly, Kulisevsky, great chance, same angle, saved by Saw. Then a few minutes after that, another attempt, saved by Saw. Then in the beginning of the second half, a sure goal, beautiful kick, upper 90, yet again, tipped by Saw, causing it to hit the post. And if you're noticing a trend here, yes, you're right, this is a segment of absolute praise for Jose saw A guy that I've been very critical of this campaign, admittedly, but who this game week was probably the best keeper in the league, and he deserves his kudos. Wolves basically didn't have a chance on goal until the second half where they got very busy, and Ruben Neves had several great chances, but it wasn't until Adama Treore, baby oil himself in the 82nd minute, finally put one in the back of the net, sending the crowd into a frenzy. 1-0 on Spurs, 82nd minute. They're going wild. And you got to remember something here about Chelsea, about Tottenham. Uh, Lloris wasn't in goal for them here. This was their backup, uh, Forrester, that was in the game. And the Wol- you know, Wolves really took over here in the second half scoring a second goal that was overturned that was overturned by offside, but just showed they just controlled this entire second half. And I counted, I, I believe Tottenham hit the cross by, uh, crossbar four times in this game, whether it was due to saw tipping it or otherwise just hitting the uh, uh, defender tipping it or maybe they were just hitting the, the crossbar over and over. unbelievable, especially Sun, many great chances. And Son really showed he should be starting every game with the aggressiveness he displayed. This game meant so much to Wolves. A team fighting off relegation to beat a top four team, absolutely huge result for them. As for Tottenham, Liverpool knocking on the door. Other teams moving up, knocking on the door. Moving on now to a couple of bottom dwellers. Southampton beat Leicester 1-0. A battle of struggling teams. Leicester started on the front foot. A chance by a name we haven't heard in a long time, Ricardo Pereira. You remember that guy? Ianacho as well, a great header. Chance early as well. He was just wide open and couldn't believe he missed that, that chance. But it was a connection from Che Adams to Alcaraz. That broke the deadlock with the for- first goal and only goal of the match. <coughs> Alcaraz—it seems like that name, whether you play tennis or soccer or football, um, just prowess. I mean, this guy looks sharp. You know, like uh, he's one of the guys that I, I was talking about. Southampton needing to be a finisher on this team. You know, they need finishers. They w- they had benched Shay Adams, or maybe he was he was injured, but they finally got him back in now. Alcaraz as well. Maybe this is their way to dig themselves out of uh, relegation uh, through Alcaraz and maybe starting um, uh, Adams more. Uh, and another guy, Southampton um, Sulemana, uh, a nice piece for them. Had a great chance as well. He has very he has a very strong foot. Strikes the ball really well. Maybe things are, can start coming together with some of these pieces with Southampton. They are not a top team at all, but they may be able to stave off relegation. On the Leicester side, Madison. Great at drawing fouls. Uh, There was another great chance by him in the last minute of extra time. The Southampton keeper, big credit to him. Bizuna came flying like Superman to save it. Big respect to him. It was a tremendous, tremendous play. You got to watch this uh, on video. Well-earned, well-deserved clean sheet for Southampton. One note I must make here because I praise him every week. Important to note that James Ward-Prowse shockingly missed the PK in this one, but his teammates were there to cover for him shortly thereafter. I believe it was a couple minutes after when the Alcaraz goal uh, took place. And overall, just a huge result for Southampton, fighting for their lives in the the Premier League here. Big result for them. And on the other side, of course, Leicester struggling here. Didn't do much at all. And, uh, you know, I looked at some statistics earlier uh, today, uh, Harrison Barnes has the most shots on target by any midfielder in in the Premier League. It's uh it's been an, a very unlucky year for Leicester. And there's another um, graphic I saw on Instagram of uh that team that won the uh, uh the title with Schmeichel and Mahrez and and Kanté and uh Jamie Vardy is the only holdover and Drinkwater, you remember that guy? He's the only holdover, and he's not playing much anymore. So Leicester might have peaked, and now they might be coming back down. And uh, it's been an interesting arc for, for that team. But if all they did was uh, come in and win the, uh, the the Premier League Championship and have to go back down to the uh, to the second division, probably well worth it. Moving on now to the first game of Sunday, Nottingham Forest tied Everton 2-2. Forest... Played a strangely compact formation, kind of like a compact, like a small pyramid. It was kind of very odd to see. Everton, as I had been calling for the last couple weeks, started Damari Gray at forward. Neil Maupay was out. Hallelujah. And it paid immediate dividends with him scoring the first goal via PK. He was aggressive all game. He had another two shots toward goal. So that was a great move by Sean Dice. Well done. On the Forest side, Brennan Johnson had both goals for Forrest in, in this one. Uh, first, cleaning up a miss from Morgan Gibbs-White. And uh, the second one was a tremendous goal as well. But, you know, Johnson, he really reminds me of Dominic Solanke. These guys are very similar in that they thrive against bad teams. So if you're looking at it from an FPL perspective, if they play bad teams, they're probably going to thrive. If not, they're probably going to get dispossessed a lot and not do much. Docore. In the second half, um, had a goal off of a set piece uh, for Everton. So there was three goals in the first 30 minutes of this game. Just an absolutely blistering start to this one. Then in the 77th minute, uh, Brennan had his second, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, much more quality than the first, hit it in the top corner. He displaces quality against these 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 poorer teams. Overall, this game was, was very chippy. Lots of little fights broke out. Very frenetic pace and, and many chances by both teams. The last 20 minutes of this game, especially, very, very fun to watch. Both teams desperate for three points. They end up splitting one each. And it's officially getting dicey for Everton. Uh, but I have to admit, like I said, Sean Dice's decision to start Gray turned out to be a good one, as I've known from before, this guy is a very aggressive player. He should be starting and playing ninety minutes every game, and I suspect that he'll continue to start him and keep malpay on the bench where he belongs. So, uh, two-two result, okay for Forrest since they're they're doing okay. Uh, Everton, they could have had this one. They were up uh, uh, two to one in this one. They 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 should have had this one, but Sean Dice continues starting Demary Greg moving on to the most embarrassing result of the week the second game on Sunday what a thrashing this game was extremely impressive result for Liverpool in a period where their reign at the top is an imminent question the irony here is Manchester United actually had many quality chances in the first half maybe seven or eight of them and one that actually went in but offsides the header from Casemiro was called offsides they were absolutely on the front foot the entire first half. I'm not talking about just the beginning, up until the 42nd minute. They had eight chances, and Liverpool, I don't believe, had a single one. That's the story of the game that you, when you look 7-0, you don't see. But when you watch this game, that's what you saw. But in the 43rd minute, the end of the half, Cody Gakpo did what United couldn't. finish the goal, finish the chance with a goal. And that's that's what started the uh, the parade in this one, the seven zero parade. <coughs> in the second half, the parade, the party at Anfield really got started. First, go- second goal was Elliot to Darwin for the uh, the second goal there. Elliot, by the way, is a very very impressive player that should be given more playing time as well. He's a young guy, but he's very impressive, very aggressive. Then Salah to Gakpo. Both of them deft touch on the ball and they went up 3-0 and this is a goal that Salah showed his absolute top class, world class, turned the defender, the Argentine defender Martinez around twice and caused him to look as though he was like looking for Salah in, on uh, another field or another side of the field and he ended up falling and it was an absolute thing of beauty. And uh, this is something that Salah has done before. He, you know, sometimes he makes this defenders look silly. Salah, in his top form, makes defenders look absolutely silly, makes them fall. He did this Manchester City. He's done this against Watford in the past. There are many goals where he's done stuff like this. <coughs> and then the fourth goal against Salah, an absolute screamer, with his right foot, his off foot. And then Darwin with another header goal to make it five to nil. And then Salah, with the sixth goal again, with his right foot again, his off foot, put one in the back of the net, and with his second goal, broke the record to become the all-time leading goal scorer in Liverpool history. 129 goals in a Liverpool shirt, an absolutely incredible feat for Salah, and one that I'm so proud of as a fellow Egyptian and... He knew it. He savored this moment. He ripped off his shirt in celebration, got the yellow card, didn't even care, was flexing on him. What an incredible feat by Salah. Mabruk, yeah, Mohamed Salah. And then the seventh and final goal, perhaps poetically, Salah with a pass to Firmino. Firmino, who has announced that this will be his final season with Liverpool, The classic combo connect again for a classic Firmino goal. Salah to Firmino. Great to see that extra, extra white smile on Firmino's face when he scored this one. It's going to be great to see what Liverpool do uh, the rest of the season. They move up to fifth now uh, in the Premier League with their sights on another year of Champions League football. They are not out of contention at all. They are in the Europa zone now. Uh, It was questionable whether they would... uh, you know, maybe finish it. You know, at tenth, they looked like they were going to finish in tenth for for many, much of the season. But now, it looks like they are starting to ascend. They are starting to get serious, and they are putting on quite a display to do this against Manchester United, a team that just won a cup, the FA Cup, and a team that was in tremendous form. Rashford, maybe the best form in in, in the Premier League to do this against them. Very well done. I'm very very impressed with them. And, uh, you know, another move they made in this one, in addition to playing Harvey Elliott, who I think should be a mainstay in this team, is uh, Ibra- Ibrahimo Konate as a central defender. I think he should be a mainstay for them. I don't think they should remove him from that spot. Uh, no more Gomez, no more Matip. You know, Matip he plays kind of well uh, offensively sometimes, but I think Konate is, is, is the best option for them there. So they should continue to roll with him. Great result by Liverpool. Absolutely horrendous result by Manchester United. Ten Hag is going to... Or Seven Hag, as they're making fun of him on on social media. Uh, They have a lot of questions they're going to have to answer. Moving on to the final game of the day. Brentford beat Fulham 3-2 on a messy, cold, rainy Monday night in Stoke. No, sorry. In Brentford. (laughs) Brentford broke the deadlock in this one in the sixth minute. Unfortunately... A deflection by a Fulham defender got the scoring started for Brentford, and then Fulham put one in after an amazing free kick by Pereira, was cleaned up by their striker, tying it one to one. The second goal for Brentford came off of a penalty kick due to a handball in the box, and Tony, their penalty taker, buried it in the back of the net. And this uh, every time we talk about Tony, we're going to have to talk about, you know, will he be playing much longer? There's all this news about because he was caught gambling, will he continue to play? Will he be suspended? Either way, he is maximizing his time while playing. Uh, Brentford have a double game week next week. We'll see what happens to them there. And then Brentford put in a third goal to seal it here in the 85th minute. Great teamwork in passing and this one, finished by Norgard. On the Fulham side, Mitrovic didn't get his first shot on target until the 90th minute, and it was really just kind of a backheel f- uh, flick in this one. wasn't even a proper shot on, on, on goal. He's been injured off and on this year. Uh, he doesn't seem to be in good form at the moment, despite a tremendous start to the season. It's very concerning for me as I have him in, uh, on all of my FPL teams, but uh, we shall see if he can shake it off over the next few weeks. He definitely has pedigree. We'll see what happens. And uh, the story of this game in the final moments of Extra Time, uh, in the 99th minute, literally the last minute of of Extra Time, Carlos Vinicius put in a second goal on a putback to make it 3-2, but the result was already decided. And Hey Jude began blaring from the loudspeaker as the fans serenaded their victorious bees with their rendition of the Beatles' classic, Hey Jude! Congrats, Brentford. That'll do it, ladies and gentlemen, for this week 26 reaction show. I want to thank you all so much for tuning into this podcast. If you enjoyed it and you're watching on YouTube, like I mentioned again, go ahead and subscribe, leave a like, share, comment, engage, all that good stuff. Listening on a podcast platform, we're on all of them. Spotify, Apple, Stitcher. Whatever, Amazon, uh, you name it, we're on there. Uh, Subscribe on there as well. Follow us on there as well so you can get notifications when new podcasts come out. And give us a good rating. We'd really appreciate that. If you're on Instagram and Twitter, so are we. Follow us on there. Football fans, thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back with more football content. Have a fantastic week, football fans.